0: Well, good morning, everybody. It is so good to be here with you today. I hope that you are excited to be here. Thank you to our band, um, Luke and the entire group there. They did a tremendous job. I am happy to be here with you today. As Pastor David mentioned, my name is Joel. I I generally go to the Conklin campus. I, on occasion, fill in and speak at different churches. Um, I occasionally speak at different churches within the area as well, even outside of the Bridgewater Network, so just know this: when you see me, you want to leave early, all right? So uh, you're like, oh boy. Anyway, no, I'm. Uh, hopefully, you want to stay. Hopefully, it is a good morning to be here. I am happy to be here, and I am happy to be here with you for this series, all right? For for the end, for the final week of this series, the final countdown. As as we look at this final week, um, one of the reasons that this series came about is because we look at the events in our world, right? Just last October, what took place in Israel amazed us, and people come, and and if you have any involvement with a pastor at a church, oftentimes people will ask you, are these the end times? I I get that, and I am not even a regular speaker at the church, but people come up and they'll start talking to me about end times because they're always curious about that. Is this the end? It seems like it may be. So this series came out of that very idea that we wanted to present and that we wanted, as a church, Bridgewater wanted the followers, those that are in here listening, our our people, our leaders in the world to be aware, hey, this is what we believe, this is what we understand from Scripture as we look at the end times. Um, As we went through this, the final countdown, one of the things that we knew was that the very first week, Pastor Bob, all right, that was the week that we were all snowed out. Pastor Bob talked about what in the world is happening, and he kind of led us through those ideas as to what has taken place over these last few months. And does that mean that this is the end? What, what is it that we are looking forward to? From there, here at your campus, Pastor David spoke on how to live ready. All right. If these are the end times, if we are living in the end times, then you want to make sure that you are ready. Why? Because we believe that there is a rapture of the church. We believe that if you are a following, what a great thing that we have the opportunity to do, where people make Jesus Christ their Lord, the Lord of their life. They decide to follow him all the days of their life. We are so thankful for that. It doesn't make us perfect, it makes us forgiven by the grace of God. Forgiven, and we're thankful for that. Um And then last week, Pastor Josh was here and he spoke on, he spoke on, is this the end time? Spoke from Matthew and the Gospel of Matthew, the things that Matthew wrote down. Said, here are the signs that are coming. And Pastor Josh led you through that and took you through that in a wonderful process in that, hey, what is there still to take place? What is there still to do? So one of the things that I like to do as we come to today, one of the things that I like to look at is I like to say that this is the, the final countdown series, all right? Jesus spoke about it, all right? John the Apostle wrote about it. Here for us in the last few weeks, Pastor Bob, Pastor David, and Pastor Josh have all talked about it, and in the 80s, Europe sang about it. <clears throat> no fans, wow, and I worked on that all week just to get that out there, all right? All right? Wow, you guys don't go to any sporting events where it's the last moment of the game, right, and there's a timeout, and they play the final count. Uh, Come on. All right, um, maybe second service, they'll like that better, or should I cut it? You guys tell me, should I just cut it now? just cut it, all right, there you go, just, just, just cut that one out, don't use that before. I, I laugh about that because my wife and I, we, uh, she was actually saying it to me, it was either even last night or this morning, I can't remember which, last night, when I think it was last night we were talking about the final countdown, and she's like, yeah, I think of the song every week when it gets up there, the final countdown. Anyway, that's now in your mind, and you've got that song stuck in your mind, um, so you're trapped with it now. And if you don't know it, that's okay, you're better off for it anyway, probably. This morning, what do we want to talk about? We want to talk about sharing your faith persuasively, all right? So this morning, if you are here, if you are a visitor, if you are somebody that you're like, I'm not even certain about this whole Jesus Christ thing, the good news is you're going to hear about followers of Jesus Christ, but this message is really geared a lot towards those of us that do claim, that say that we are followers of Jesus Christ. Why? Because if we are followers of Jesus Christ, we believe that everybody spends eternity somewhere. And that means that we should value people and that we should desire to have, we should desire within ourselves to be able to share our faith persuasively. Because if we believe that everybody spends eternity somewhere, that means that they matter, and we want them to spend eternity with us, with God. All right, that's what our hope is. So that's what this morning's message is going to be about: sharing our faith persuasively. But as I talk about that, I just want to go back and I want to talk a little bit about. Jesus Christ. When he was here on earth, one of the things that he did is life as he lived in this world, he made it clear to those around him that religion was not the answer and doing religious things was not the answer. But he made it clear that people mattered and relationships with people mattered, and he came to this earth so that we could have a relationship with him and with God. So for Jesus, as he walked around in this world at that time, all right, during the first century with those disciples and with all the people that followed him, what was he always about? He was about the people. He wanted more and more people to understand, more and more people to follow him, more and more people to believe that he was the son of God, to believe that he was the Messiah, to believe that he was the one who would come to save this world. So what did he do? He reached out to broken people, broken people physically, broken people Spiritually, People whose lives were a mess. If you were divorced five times and everybody else wouldn't talk to you because you were a Samaritan and that was somebody that we didn't hang out with, Jesus talked to you anyway. If you were somebody who was considered a lady of the evening, guess what? Jesus came and he spoke with you anyway. If you were somebody that was rich and thought all you needed was a lot of money, Jesus spoke with you anyway. Um, Jesus reached out to the lame. He reached out to the broken. He reached out to the sinner. Why? Because he loved people. And in his ministry, it was all about reaching people. So for us, if we want to be about following Jesus Christ, we need to look around because in the world that we live in, there are people all around us, and I'm willing to bet that you know some people that are broken. All right, And I don't mean broken in that they're disabled in life, that they're broken down and everything, but they're broken spiritually. And we have the answer We have the ability to reach out to them through the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. So that is what we want to talk about this morning. And as we talk about this... We are going to be taking from Peter, one of the people that followed Christ in that first century, one of the people that spent so much time with him, all right, we are going to be talking about him. So we're going to be looking in First Peter, all right, First Peter chapter 1, I'm going to start with some verses there, but predominantly we're going to be looking at First Peter chapter 3. Um, you can look, whatever you'd like, if you brought your Bible, you can bring it up on there, if you have your iPhone or whatever off-brand device you may use. All right, so pick on other brands. That's a little better than music. All right, so Apple is the favorite product here, so we can live with that at least, or at least by most, so I can live with that. So you can pull your phone out, you can look on there, or we will have, I, I think I have all the verses right up here on the screen as well for you this morning as we look down through these. But I, I just want you to, to know that Peter spent time With Christ. So when he talks about these things, he's not talking about something that was far fetched, far away, something he'd heard about long, long ago in another galaxy or something like that, but rather it was something that he had done. He had spent time with Christ. And these are the words that he says when he is writing, he is writing to some of those New Testament churches. Two weeks ago, when Pastor David spoke, He spoke about some of the churches around Laodicea, well, the church in Laodicea and then some churches around it. And Peter is writing to churches that are contemporaries of that as well, right in the similar areas, outskirts and all around, Peter was very popular within the Christian community. Um, he had to stay hidden for the most part because the Roman government wanted him, so he kind of stayed undercover a little bit, all right. But as he writes this, he's writing it why? Because people know who he is, all right. They want to hear from him, and here are the words that he says to, at the beginning of his book, at the beginning of this letter that he's writing. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been. Born again. There's a term that he's talking about. He's saying, listen, it is by his great mercy that guess what? We have been born into his community. Born into his fellowship. Born into life with God. Um, Born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. There was the ultimate issue that he's talking about. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Peter is not saying that because he heard about it. Peter is saying that because he witnessed it. I was there. I saw him crucified. As a matter of fact, I was one of, well, anyway, we know the story. Some of us know the story about him, and we'll come back and talk about that a little bit later. But his story of one that ran, all right? He said, I was there. He was raised from the dead. Now we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless, he continues on, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. So we are thankful for that. Why? Because we have a hope. And that is what Peter is setting up the reader of this letter to understand that, listen, there is something that is greater out there, and it is Jesus Christ, and we want you to follow him. So one of the things that we need to know in our lives, if we are going to share our faith, if you and I are going to be individuals that share our faith persuasively, our life and behavior need to line up with our talk. Many of us probably know Christians, and if that had been the first person you met in Christianity, you would say, yeah, I don't think I would have wanted to be there. I've heard people say that before. Some of the reasons that people aren't followers of Christ is because who they see is the followers of Christ. But the opposite of that is also true. Many of the reasons that you are a follower of Christ is because somebody that you saw that was a follower of Christ. So while there may be some that don't represent his name well, there are many, many others that do, that try to serve, that try to love, that try to care for people. And that's what we want to be. It's kind of like... Going and working out, right, with the person that never works out. It's like, taking, um, it's like taking, how about food advice, all right? You want to take how to fix food from me. I like to eat out. So um, I'm not your best person that you're going to come to for, hey, we want to know how to cook better. Um, the restaurant down the street, right? That's, right? But it's taking advice from people that you're there, like, I don't know that I should take advice from that individual. Who is, what, how are they doing in that area? What are they doing in that as But as followers of Jesus Christ, we should be individuals that I may not have all the answers about the Bible. I may not know everything that the Bible says. I may not know everything that Jesus did. I may not even be able to word it incredibly well with my words. I may miss it. But we should be people who love on other people. And when other, when, when unbelievers look and see us, they may say, you know what, I, I don't know about that person but I love that they're my neighbor because they're good neighbors. I don't know about that church there in Halstead because I, I don't know. They're, they're, some of them, they're a little, but I tell you what, they are a great in the community. They come out, they serve in our community. They are welcoming, they want people to come in, they treat them kindly when they're there, and I'm thrilled with that. And that is what should be said about us. Why? Because we love people as Christ loved the people. So our life needs to match up, and that's what I am hoping to get across to us this morning that our life matches up and then we share our hope and our faith persuasively with those around us. So I'm going to jump forward to chapter 3 because Peter, in, in this, in this um, passage that he's writing, in this letter that he's writing, he talks about living a life. And just before we get to this passage, he's talked to servants, he's talked to wives, he's talked to husbands. He's gone through and he's talked to individuals about how they should live their life so that they are honoring, so that they are, so that they are showing honor to God and showing honor to the people that they live around and that they live with. In the midst of, in the midst of life, we live with people, but Peter's saying, listen, live with them respectfully. Why? Because we want to reflect God's glory. We want to show God's love in our lives. So, in chapter three, when he gets down to verse eight, he's going to say these words right here: "Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tender-hearted, and keep humble, and keep a humble attitude." Now, what fun is there in that? All right. If you know, uh, not a lot of you know things about me, but I love to pick on people. All right, and. I love to sometimes pick on other people's sports teams, whatever it may be, and just, and just have fun with them. Tender-hearted and humble are those words that we want to have, right? And yet those are words that we want to have in our lives. That's how we want to reflect. We want to show the love of God by the way that we behave, that we care for people. We don't just see somebody and see them, oh boy, they're a sinner, they're really bad. Oh boy, they've done this, they've done that. Um, they, no, that's not our lives. Our lives are tender hearted. We're humble. Why? You know what keeps me humble? I'm, I'm a broken individual. All right? I have been a follower of Christ since I was about eight or nine years old. And you know what I'm going to do this week? I'm going to sin again. And you know why I'm going to sin again? Because I'm broken and I'm sinful. And it reminds me that I need to be tender-hearted. I need to have a humble attitude. Because somebody that was brought up in a Christian family that's, no, that's learned and has studied the Bible from the earliest of ages, I still get it wrong. And I don't just get it wrong once a year. I get it wrong on a regular basis. So maybe I can have a little bit of a tender-hearted attitude. Maybe I can be a little bit humble towards those that are around me because God has shown his grace to me. There is amazing grace that God has bestowed upon us, and we're thankful for that. Peter continues on, don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. When people are mean, hey, how about if we bless them and say thank you? I appreciate you, right? There you go. Down south, God bless her heart, right? Something along those lines there with that. But right, why? And Peter goes on and he says, for your scriptures say, for the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, Keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. He continues on, search for peace and work to maintain it. Why? Because the eyes of the Lord, the eyes of the Lord, they're all over. They watch over those who do right. And his ears are open to their prayers. He hears us when we pray. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. And the great thing is on Sunday mornings in church, Yes, I am so into this because this is who I want to be. The problem is that Monday morning, it works sometimes, that doesn't always work out. Or even Sunday afternoon with your family, suddenly, oops, somebody says something, and suddenly our minds change in our transition. So what do we need to understand? That the best approach in this hostile world that we live in, the best approach to sharing our faith in this hostile world that we live in is a holy and a humble life. How are we doing? As you look at your life, as we reflect and we take a look at ourselves, is that something that we do well with, or is it something sometimes that we're missing on? Can I look around and say, I love people as Jesus loved people? Or can we at least look around and say, you know what? I'm trying to love people as Jesus loved people. Or are we more tending to look around and we're there like, meh, we're kind of hard on people. Work on our hearts. Get there. Work on our hearts to love people. Peter continues on by saying this. Now, who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good? All right? So, Peter, in these words right here, these may seem like words, Peter, are you really saying this? Because for the rest of us, we're there like, we live in a world where, yeah, I try to do good sometimes, and guess what? People harm me. Peter, are you aware Peter's well aware of that when he's saying this, and in his next verse, he's going to continue on. But I want you to know in Peter's life, who will want to harm you? He's been proclaiming in the name of Jesus Christ. He's been arrested. He's been beaten. Uh, As a matter of fact, as I mentioned before, he is running. He is probably staying hidden right now because if Rome finds him, right, when they find him, they're going to throw him in jail. They do want to kill him right that's what they want to do with him but he says but even if you suffer for doing what is right which peter has done god will reward you for it so don't worry or don't be afraid of their threats he's telling us right now listen we don't have anything to worry about we don't need to be afraid all right in the midst of life in the midst of difficulties in the midst of struggles we have a god that is there and fear sometimes overtakes us when we're sharing our faith. It'll overtake us, and it'll hold us back. Why? Because we're afraid of the rejection, all right? What is it? When you get hurt, Right. Look at this. The very first point that we want to talk about with this is this idea right here. When you get hurt, your response communicates what you really believe. And sometimes when we share our faith, somebody might say something back to us, and it hurts us. We feel bad. Ooh, am I going to lose my friend if I say something? Oh, what are they going to think of me if I say something about this? And we need to be aware of that in our lives. But how do we respond when we are looking to communicate? How do we respond if somebody rejects it, if they turn it around? How, how do we respond when somebody is rough on us because of the way we believe? Well, we would say this don't be sour, but be satisfied in Christ. Right? Peter, don't be afraid. That's what his response is there. He tells us don't be afraid, be strong. Be strong, have hope because there is a God that is there. Don't be sour, be satisfied in Christ. Don't be afraid, be assured of the future. You see, when it comes to sharing our faith with others, there may be some that they may mock, they may look, they may scorn, but there are others that are looking for the hope that you have, the hope in Jesus Christ. And you never know how many times it may take sharing your faith with somebody, with a family member, with a friend, until they come to Christ. And they may they may be sour, they may but you don't need to be sour back. They may be rude to you, you don't need to be rude back. You can be satisfied knowing I'm going to continue to love them as Christ loved them. Don't be afraid, but be assured of the future that we have, the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Be thankful. For that. Peter continues on by saying this. Instead, so instead of being terrified, instead of being afraid, all right, instead you must worship Christ as the Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed. When they see what a good life you live, Because you belong to Christ. Remember, he continues on. And he says this, Remember, it is better for you to suffer for doing good, if that is what God wants, than to suffer for doing wrong. Peter is very familiar with all of this in his life, right? He's so familiar. Why? Because this is something that he has gone through. So let's jump back. We're going to take a look at verse 15 again. Instead, Right? Instead of that fear, instead of being fearful in this, instead, worship Christ. We can be the worshipers of Christ. In the midst of this world, in the midst of this life, show our good behaviors by continuing to worship Christ as the Lord of our life. And if someone, and if someone asks you about the hope, the hope you have as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Always be ready to explain it to explain it. As I said before, I I've been a follower of Christ since a young age. Um I I have seminary training in my background. And can I tell you I still blow it on this times. Right? Not being ready when somebody talks about my faith. I may be caught off guard and I believe me I try to be better and better at that every day. When I say every day, I mean that with people. I want to be ready for opportunities to look where I can share my faith or turn things to things of God. Um, I, just quickly, I, I work as an athletic trainer. I, I work uh, at a high school up up in New York here. And um, I will frequently try to talk to students when they come in. If they talk to me about something, I will say things like, that is how your body is designed. I say something like that intentionally. Why? Because I'm trying to point them back to God. And frequently I will even say, that is how God designed the arch of your foot so that it would take the weight of your body so that you don't get all that shock up through your shins. But your arches are, Things like that where I'm just trying to turn the conversation to God. But so many times I still blow it. Why? Because I'm not always ready. And yet I do always want to be ready. In just a couple of minutes, I'm going to actually go over a little bit of a way that we can be ready to share our faith. Just having it right there on the tips of our tongue. But we want to be ready. So number one is when we get hurt, right? When we get hurt, our response communicates. So be careful how we respond because our response can can communicate to people. But number two, if you have a hope, be ready. Give an explanation of it. We have a hope in Jesus Christ. I have a hope in Jesus Christ. Why? Because I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. I believe the story. I believe what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, James, Paul said about this first century prophet. I believe that. But why do I believe that? Because my life, I have seen a change in my life as a result of walking with him, I've seen a result, a change in my life as a result of the way I treat people, as a result of the way that I look at people through trying to look at them through the eyes of Christ and having hope, having love for them. Peter, as as we just read a few minutes ago in verse sixteen, said this. But when you do that, when you give this answer, how are we supposed to do it? Gentle and respectful. No, no, no. I like the harsh, pound it right into him way. Right, that's the better way. No, Peter's are like no. This first century guy that spent time with Christ says, no, be gentle and respectful. Gentle and respectful is not the Peter that you see when you read the Gospels, but something changed in his life, and he's gentle, he's respectful. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. So the best approach in this hostile world that we live in, is a holy and a humble life, the best approach to sharing our faith involves gentleness and respect. Have gentleness. Have respect for the individual. Our desire isn't to bludgeon them over the head and just beat them down and wear them into submission, but to let them realize that following Christ will make you better at life, and it will make your life better. It doesn't take away all problems doesn't take away all issues, but it makes us better at life, and it makes our life better with him. What are some practical suggestions that we can use in our lives just for sharing our faith, right? Um, We could talk about it, but what are some ways that we can do? Can I just remind you of this? Prioritize the relationship over being right. This is something that we struggle with in so many areas of our lives, right? Think about politics, we, we sometimes split over politics, why? Because you're wrong and I am right, right? It's a pretty simple thing. If you would just believe the way I believe, we would be okay, but sometimes we have to split over that, right? We look at that in the world. You think about that in areas of family, where there was something said, something hurt, and what do we do? We split, well, they haven't come back and apologized to me and I was right. Where are they at? right? In our lives, we can do the same thing in Christianity if we aren't careful. We want to prioritize the relationship. Jesus Christ came to this earth to have a relationship with those that were sinners, all right? We are so far below him, and yet he reached out to us. If he can do that for us, can we not do that for other people? We want to prioritize the relationship. It doesn't mean that we need to become weak. It doesn't mean that we need to change what we believe. But it means that we want to prioritize the relationship over being right. Share your story. What is it that God has done in your life? You have a story. Some people, you may say, yeah, but I don't, I don't have that great story of the person that was saved out of drugs, sex, rock and roll, whatever it may be that his story is. Wow, and they have a great testimony. That's okay. We're thankful for that testimony that they have. But God has also done something in you as well, and he's at work in your life. What is the story that you have? Memorize a simple explanation of the gospel. Let me just, let me just show you one right here. All right? This is one that you can write on a napkin. You can write this on a piece of paper. If you have enough time, you can design a slide like this. Or if you have somebody smart, design a slide like this and pull it up on your phone and show it on your phone. I'm mostly joking about that one, but some of you may like that idea too. All right? But this is something that you can do. It's something that we can memorize, something that we can work through. Paul, when he's writing to the Romans, he gives this he give, he tells them this right here. Paul is telling people that sin is a problem and he says for the wages of sin is death. Guess what? The wage for your sin All right, the wage for the life that you live, the wage that we have for missing the mark, the wages of sin is death, all right? And that death right there, that separates us from God, all right? In the very beginning, just as this slide showed, we were connected with God. We were together with God all the way back in the garden. But because of the sin of Adam, we became separated from God. And that gap isn't just a small gap that we can jump over, all right, that we can, ooh, if I live really good, maybe, maybe if I work out really hard, I get stronger legs, I'm going to be able to jump there. No, we all fall short. We can't make it there. So Paul is telling people, and we can use this idea right here, we can just go to this verse right here in Romans, and we can just say, for the wages of sin is death, all right, that's what we each get. But the gift of God, all right, it's eternal life. That gift of God, it's eternal life. There was something that we had. We had a problem. Our earnings had bought us death. But God interceded through Jesus Christ. And when he came to this earth, he interceded for us. And the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So if you just... Draw a gap like this. Show people that we were together. Then there's a gap, that there is a chasm that needed to be filled. And it is the cross of Jesus Christ that filled that chasm right there. And then it's very simple to ask people, which, which side of that are you on? Where are you at? Where would you put yourself in this diagram? Are you over here, far from God? Or have you accepted the work of Jesus Christ on the cross and made him the leader of your life and said that I want to follow him all the days of my life. That is a simple diagram that you can use, that you can quickly write. Like I say, napkin, piece of paper, anything where you have pen and paper. It's on the back, it is on the back of your handout this morning. I'd encourage you, you can walk right through and you can look right through that and see that there of, of what Romans 623 leads us through in scripture. And I encourage you, take that. Make that something that you can use regularly. Well, not only do we need to prioritize a relationship, not only do we need to share our story, uh, memorize a simple explanation. Maybe you have one that works better. Maybe you have one that you enjoy even better. Maybe you like using John 3.16 and just talking about Jesus coming to earth. Why? Because God gave his only son, right? Maybe that's what you like to do, but I would encourage you, have one memorized, have one prepared so that you are ready to share the hope that you have and then pray, invest, invite while partnering with Bridgewater. One of the things that I love about Bridgewater Church Bridgewater Church loves people no matter where they are in their walk of life. They love people that have been followers of Jesus Christ, like myself. They love people that are so far from God, and this is the first Sunday that they walk in. They love people so far from God that they would never come to church. But you know what? We want to go out into the community, and we want to serve. We want to reach out. It's one of the wonderful things about Bridgewater Church. They love people, and they want people to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. This morning, you received this handout on your way in as well. And this is a pray, invest, invite card. One of the things that we love to do is pray for people. Why do we want to do that? We want to intentionally find people that we are going to pray for. All right? We want to pray. We want to invest in their lives. We want to look for opportunities where we can reach out and where we can grab onto them. Hey, what's what's something that I can do for you? Can I pray for you? Hey, would you love to come to church with me? Would you love to come sit with me at church? I would love to meet you and have you just sit with me. All right? We want want you to pray, we want you to invest, and we want you to invite them out. Why? Because we believe that we have something good in here, and that is to follow Jesus Christ. On the one side of that, it talks about that. On the other side, it gives you an opportunity to write down three names. Some of you, you may struggle to come up with three names. Some of you, you need like 10 of these cards because you've got all sorts of people that you're praying for, and you want to get them on there. It doesn't matter which one of those you are, but I'm sure that you are grabbing onto that card using that as an opportunity. Another thing that's out there is just this Let's Stop Pretending. That's gonna be a series that starts in two weeks. That's a great opportunity. When a new series starts, it's always a great opportunity to invite somebody here. I'd encourage you, grab that. That gives you the invite right there. Here's an invite. Before I close, I just wanna close with a little bit about Peter. Because this morning we're talking through this letter that Peter has written. And we're using some examples from him. But the Peter that we read about in the Gospels is not the person that's gentle and humble. He's not the one that is like that. So what changed in his life? This individual who followed Christ, who had learned about Christ very early on. Peter was just a fisherman. Jesus comes and uses his boat. And he's like, oh, Lord, I want to go to bed. I'm tired. I've been working all night. No, come on. You're going to do some stuff with me. And Peter follows him. And he follows him for what we believe is probably three years. And in that process of his life, he wanted to follow him to the death. As a matter of fact, he said, Jesus, you are the Messiah. And then a little bit later, he says, I will follow you to my death. And he meant it. As a matter of fact, on the very night that Jesus Christ was betrayed, when the Roman centurions showed up to take Jesus, Peter's the one that grabbed the sword, and he's ready to start the war right there. And Jesus said, no. No. This isn't what I'm made of. But on that very same evening, you know what else he did? When he was ready to take on a Roman centurion, just a little bit later, a few hours later, he's outside, and when Jesus is being um, when at the trial of Jesus, he's witnessing from a distance. He's watching, but yet a middle school girl shows up and says, "Hey, you're one of the people that was with Jesus." And Peter's there. Nope, not me. And she's, "Oh yes, you were." No, 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 you got the wrong one. And he starts cursing her. It wasn't me. You got the wrong person, leave me alone, get back to school. Aren't you supposed to be in bed or something to get away from me, right? That's the idea as to what Peter did. And when Jesus had resurrected from the dead, Peter sees him. But can you imagine the shame that you have? The guilt that you've... And he calls him in. And Peter comes in. And Jesus asks him three times that morning, Peter, do you love me? And his response each time was, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. And suddenly, because of what God had done in his life, because what Peter had seen his savior beaten and his senior, his savior beaten, and his savior killed, and his savior resurrected, it changed his life. And Peter goes on and tells us, share it with jumble, with jumble, share it with hum with humility in your heart. Be gentle. Be humble. Love people. Peter went on to change the world because of what he had seen in Christ and what Christ had done for him. I would encourage you, I would encourage myself, our lives, our hearts changed by the power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to reach the people around us. We may never have a basilica, a church named after us that's beautiful, that has everybody going to it like St. Peter. But you know what? There are lives around us that are looking for the hope that exists in Jesus Christ and we have the ability to reach out to them. Let me encourage you. Look for opportunities to share your faith persuasively. You have a church that wants to partner with you in bringing those people into the community, into the family of God. Pray with me if you would, please. God, as we close our time this morning, I say thank you for each one that is here today. And Lord, I pray that you would bless, that you would encourage, that you would lead them in their lives. Thank you for the opportunities that we have in our lives to know, to know you, to know others that need to know more about you. God, I say thank you. Thank you for Bridgewater. Thank you for Bridgewater Halstead. Thank you for the people that that are here that want to partner with us in this endeavor of sharing our faith. And God, for each one here this morning, I just pray that you might bless, that you may encourage, that you may lead, and that, Lord, we serve a God that is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So bless them, encourage them, and I say thank you, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.